0: Thank you for joining us today, Williams Lake Church. Everybody out there on our platforms for social media. Thank you for joining us today again. It's a pleasure for me to be back with you, uh, continuing with this conversation that we had, you know, the last two days about the present truth and how to understand the end of the world in the context of the Book of Revelation, the Book of Apocalypse. Uh, yesterday we spoke about uh, Jesus Christ. As a superhero, very unlikely superhero, very different superhero, not your traditional run-of-the-mill, buff-chested, you know, strong, super strong, bullets bouncing off sort of superhero. But a superhero nonetheless, right? And the superhero that maybe not we wanted, not the one that we desired, right? Even the Bible in John says that Jesus wasn't something that the majority of people wanted, right? Uh, That's in uh, the Gospel of John Chapter 1. So not the hero that we wanted, right? But the hero that we needed, the hero that we deserved, the Lamb of God, right? So we spoke about the Lamb of God yesterday. And today we're going to talk about Star Wars, the true Star Wars, right? The wars that started this cosmic conflict that uh, we live in. Right now there's an issue going on in the world, many issues, but one in particular where a particular country has invaded Neighboring country and is warring with the country and in conflict. This is interesting because even Jesus, in the time when he was here two thousand years ago, he um, he came into his nation, right, Uh, Israel. He came into his nation, and uh, when he was here, he was actually living in a conquered country. Right, his country was conquered. uh, Neighboring country had come had you know conquered them, had submitted them to a foreign ruler. And the whole history, you know, the whole story of, um, of Jesus Christ uh, while he was here on earth uh, was a story where he lived in a country that was his, but it wasn't fully autonomous. It wasn't fully independent. So we've all heard about these, you know, wars and rumors of wars, uh, like the book of Matthew says, right? Uh, and we're living some crazy times right over the past few years uh, a lot of people have said that uh, this generation the people living in these past few years have gone through major events once in a lifetime events and if we think about it we're going through maybe three or four once in a lifetime events right so things are changing things are changing and what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to we're going to be talking about how these conflicts have the root, right? What is the root? What is the origin of these uh, conflicts? And we're going to talk about Star Wars, the real Star Wars. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. My dad was, uh, he, he's a huge fan of sci-fi movies. So he instilled from a very young age, you know, the same love to sci-fis, um, you know, science fiction movies. And we're going to talk about Star Wars, not in the traditional uh, look. Skywalker, Darth Vader, you know, uh, the, new, the new ones, the Mandalorian, those, uh, those people now, uh, uh, and today, you know, those um, series now. Uh, but we're going to talk about a war that starts in the stars, right? The stars in the universe, that is a cosmic um, conflict, right? We know for a fact, our experience here, we know for a fact that we're waging a war everywhere. Right. Everywhere we're, we're, we're waging a war. We're having a war, we're having conflicts constantly. They can be local conflicts, they can be you know, na- national conflicts, they can be states statewide conflicts, they can be national conflicts everywhere. So we're having conflicts everywhere, right? And the larger picture is that there's always a good side and there's always an evil side. The problem with humanity is that it's very difficult to tell which side is which. Right from the version of the story, some of them are good. From another version of the story, uh, some of them are bad. So it's very difficult to tell which ones are the good guys and which ones are the bad guys. Right? It was maybe a little bit easier before to know which were which, but now today is uh, is more difficult. It's more difficult to know which um, you know who's the good guys, who are the bad guys. Now in Revelation chapter 12 verses 7. Through nine. it tells us that there was a battle. There was a battle. Uh, remember that Revelation is not written. Um, and let me, I'm looking here on my iPad uh, for the Bible, because, you know, I'm technology-based like that, right? Uh, remember that the Bible is not written, uh, the majority of the Bible is not written in chronolo- chronological order, meaning that Uh, A lot of events in the Bible, they're not written in chronological order. Uh, I'm a professor in a university right now. uh, So I teach one of the courses that I teach has to do with literature and writing. Um, And the book of Revelation was also written in a chiastic form, which basically means that it has the form of a pyramid where one chapter mirrors another chapter. So the same thing that one chapter talks about, it talks about in another chapter. And it goes like that, right? It mirrors, right? It has different mirrors. And it just focuses on a central theme. So the peak, the top of the pyramid is a central theme, right? So Revelation is also written in a chiasmic, you know, a chiasmic structure, meaning that chapter one of Revelation mirrors chapter 22. You know, it has different mirrors, right? So, um, We can talk about it in another occasion, right? Uh, That's more of the literal, uh, literary uh, analysis of the book of uh, Revelation. But I want to talk to you about the war, right? So Revelation 12, 7 says, A war broke out in heaven, right? Somewhere over there. Michael and his angels were fighting against the dragon and its angels. Angel uh, is another word for angel or the original word in Greek and the original word in Hebrew. Uh, means messenger, right? So uh, Michael and his messengers were fighting against the dragon and its messengers. But the dragon lost the battle. It and its angels were forced out of their places in heaven and were thrown down to the earth. Yes, that old snake and his angels were thrown out of heaven. That snake who fools everyone on earth is known as the devil and Satan. The Bible tells us in Revelation that there was a war on a different sphere, on a different, on a different level. The war was in heaven. That's what the word says, right? In the sky, right? Uranus is the word in Greek, right? Like like the, the planet. Yeah. Now the battle has the you know, we just read like three verses, and in those three verses it just gives us a summary of the battle, which is what I want to talk about today. Uh, There's two characters, Michael and the dragon And there's some elements that tell us how this war was uh, waged Let's start with Michael Who's Michael? That's the question, right? Michael is mentioned five times in the Bible That particular character, Michael, right? Very uh, traditional name, right? Michael uh, is um, presented five times in the Bible In the book of Daniel In the book of Daniel, he is presented as one who is arguing and trying to convince the king of Persia in the book of Acts. Right. In the book of Acts, chapter seven, verse 38, he is the one who utters the law of God to Moses. In Jude a very short book Jude uh, in the New Testament Jude 1 9 he fights Satan for Moses's body and in Daniel 12 he's the one that is going to deliver uh, God's people from uh, from you know everything from their oppression from their chains the question here is who's Michael right who's Michael the word Michael in the traditional in, in the in the in the Greek, right? The the word Michael in the Greek uh, is Mikael, right? Mikael, that's why Michael is written in that way. So Mikael, that's that's the word in um, that's the word in, in Hebrew, right? It, there's a transliteration, which means there's a translation in Greek that looks like uh, Mikael, uh, and Mikael is essentially a question. Any word in Hebrew that ends in el, right? L, right? El. Any word in Hebrew that ends in el means God, because the word for God in Hebrew is el, el, right? So Mikael, right? That's that's the that's the word. That's that's the word in in, in the Hebrew scriptures to talk about this person, right? Mikael is just basically a question, right? A question that says or that asks who is like god remember that in the bible people didn't have names like we traditionally have right my name is aaron you know pastor tony we have different people right james or you know maria or mary or nadia or sophie sophia right we have different names right but remember that in the bible names were uh, names carried a very important connotation right they weren't just a name they were an expression of somebody's character right So when somebody was named Abraham by God, Abraham, the father of many nations, that's the meaning of Abraham, what God wanted to do by that name is show the intentions, the plan, right? He wanted to show the intentions for that particular person. So the name of Abraham was that he would someday become the father of many nations. That that, that was the important thing, right? So Mikael, Michael, is essentially a question. It says... Who is like God? Now, the interesting thing is that that question, Mikael, who is like God, just has an answer, right? Who is like God? Well, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is like God. He is the one who fights Moses over the The one, not Moses, sorry. The one that fights the devil over Moses' body. He's the one that uh, is ready to deliver the people of God. He's the one that uttered The law on the top of that mountain to Moses for the people. So he is God. The question is, who is like God? And there's an answer. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that we spoke about yesterday. The unlikeliest hero that we can have. Not your regular run-of-the-mill hero, but the hero that we need. A hero that looks like us, right? A hero that is vulnerable. That is not as strong as we would think about, as we would, you know, love to have, you know, a a, a hero, but definitely the hero that we need and the hero that God decided to provide for us. Then we also have another character. We have the dragon, right? Dragons, mythical creatures, right? In many movies and in literature and many books, right? Uh, The Bible says that the dragon is that ancient snake, the ancient one, the old one, the devil and Satan. The word Satan comes from a Greek word that says uh, satana, right? That's the word. Uh, and Satan just basically means, or Satana, just basically means the accuser, right? In many comics, because, you know, I told you, I like comics, right? In many comics, there's uh, one or two characters that are called the accusers, right? Satan is the accuser. His role, his, his nickname, right, Satan, it's to accuse people. And let me tell you guys, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, I never liked snitches, right? Remember what they say is snitches get stitches, right? Uh... I'm not saying that I'm not saying that you should do that, right? I'm not saying that you should, you know, give snitches some stitches. But nobody likes a snitch, right? And essentially, Satan, by his name, with his name, his definition, the dragon, right? It, it sounds a little bit better. Oh my God, the dragon, right? But uh, the, the the other term that is used to uh, define him is um, the accuser, right? Essentially, because. He's a snitch, <laughs> right? He's a snitch. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about him a little bit more uh, later on. So you know, a lot of the questions that we get is, you know, wh- 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 where where does Satan come from? And we're not gonna talk about it in depth right now, but essentially, we're going to mention that he is mentioned in Isaiah, and he's also mentioned in Ezekiel. In the books of Isaiah, in the books of Ezekiel, uh, there's a mention of him and how he has an origin story. Now remember, God is not too concerned with showing some of the origins of things that, you know, we we kind of don't understand, right? We kind of don't understand, and they're difficult to us. God is not interested in, in giving us a detailed explanation in the Bible of this character, which we know as Satan or the Dragon, but he used to be Lucifer, the bearer of light. He used to be—he used to be a cherub. He used to be an angel. He used to be a messenger from God. Right? We're—we're—we're we're going, we're going to talk about him a little bit later on in this series. So there was a war in heaven. Satan was beat. That says in the second—in the second verse that we read, you know, I, and Satan lost the battle, and the Dragon, the Accuser, the Snitch lost the battle and he was banished to earth in that moment earth was barren there was nobody in earth right and then you know however much time passed and then god creates mankind in genesis 127 god creates mankind in genesis 127 on the planet that satan was in right that Satan was in. He was cast out from heaven. He was rejected. He was evicted, right? He had an ev- God gave Satan an eviction notice here. You can't live here anymore. You got to go somewhere else. And he went to earth, right? And then in earth, God creates humanity, right? Adam and Eve, as we know by the tradition of the book of Genesis. The interesting thing is that Genesis 1, 27 says that you and I, that Adam and Eve, we were created in the image of God. So we were created to resemble God. We were created to be similar to God. And that's an interesting concept. That's an interesting concept because you and I have the image of God. And that's why we can call Jesus our brother because we were created after the image of God. We were created to be similar to God, right? In the creation of human being, there was a moment where Adam and Eve had to be given freedom of choice. A lot of the questions that we have as to why bad things happen, right? As to why there's good and there's evil, there's a fight, there's a constant conflict in that war, right? That question usually comes from your ability, my ability to choose whatever we want, whenever we want it. Now. I'm not talking about consequence, I'm talking about choice, right? I'm not saying that there's no consequence to any actions. We know scientific world, in our world, we know that to every action there is a reaction, right? So I'm not talking about reactions, but I'm talking about choices. You and I have the freedom, the liberty, to make the choices that we want. That freedom is given to us by God. That freedom was given to Adam and Eve in creation. You guys remember the story, right? Genesis 2, 16 to 17. It says that God approached Adam and Eve after everything was created. There was a tree in the middle of the Garden of Eden. And he said, you can do anything you want. You can eat everything you want in here except this tree. Now, a lot of people say, well, why did God put the tree in there if he knew they were going to eat of it? Simple answer. And we're going to talk about it later on. Simple answer is choice. If you really want to be free, then you have to have a choice. If God gives you only one option, if today's menu is only chicken nuggets, whatever, right? Veggie burger, right? Then there's really no choice because you only have one option. You can't decide. There's only one thing. So that thing is imposed upon you, right? You're forced to grab it because there's no other thing about it, right? So the issue in the Garden of Eden, the issue with you and I, and it is a blessing, right? It is a blessing, is that in order for us to be free to choose, in order for us to have real freedom, we have to have two choices, a choice to follow God and a choice, and a choice to not follow God, right? They had a choice, Adam and Eve. Freedom of choice was the issue, and their decision was... We're not going to follow God. The Bible story says that uh, the serpent, the devil, came and told Eve and said, so God told you you couldn't eat from any tree. The interesting thing is that from the beginning he was lying because God, God didn't say don't eat from any tree. He said don't eat from this tree. Everything else is yours, just not this one, right? Giving them their choice. Right? Their freedom. The devil said, So God told you not to eat anything from any tree. Right? That's what the Bible says. A lot of people say that the issue with Eve was doubting. The issue with Eve was not doubting, the issue with Eve is doing something against God's trust. God told them, This is everything is yours. You're my son. You're my dog. Everything is yours. Take it. And they decided to go against that. It was about trust. It was about trust. Eve and Adam didn't trust God. Didn't trust God enough to follow Him, right? To take Him at His word, right? You guys know the story. That's why we're living in the world that we're living. That's why we're living under the situations that we're living. Mankind fell. Adam and Eve, they were expelled from the Garden of Eden. But in the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 15, there was a promised hero. The Bible says, this unlikely hero, but a winning hero, the Bible says that it was promised that there would be a descendant of Eve. And that descendant, that human being like you and I, would come at, and would smash the head of the serpent And the serpent would bite him back. He would be wounded, but he wouldn't be killed. And that descendant would quash the head of the snake. Oh, the interesting thing is that hero always wins. Unlikely hero, not your big, strong, flying in the sky, wearing a cape. Interesting thing, Superman, his name, his name is Clark Kent that's a human name but his name from his planet Krypton his name is Kal-El like God interesting right? interesting the OG like God is not Clark Kent Superman the OG like God is Jesus Christ he's the Mikael he's the who's like God and the answer is the Lamb of God the promised descendant To Eve, who would come and squash the head of the serpent, liberate us, take us back to our father. In these real star wars, Jesus, the unlikeliest hero, always wins. Remember Romans 8.37, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us lord we thank you for the sacrifice of jesus christ we thank you that when there was a war in heaven and Mikael was fighting against the dragon and their messages we thank you that in that moment you thought of us and you made a promise that you would send your son you would send someone like us to fight for us to defend us an unlikely hero a hero not like superman who flies and has you know, the laser vision and, you know, bullets bounce off of them. But a hero like us, a hero that would eventually squash the head of the serpent, we thank you for that blessing. We thank you that we can conquer everything in the love of God. We pray for that victory today. Bring a victory over anything that is against us, Lord. Bring a victory over anything that dares to call themselves master over us before you. Lord, as we continue to analyze the book of Revelation, as we continue to learn from the book of Revelation, we pray that you may guide us and you may lead us to you. In your name, amen. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Blessings.